the Rangers come home for a three-game series against an Oakland A's team that just got told almost for sure they are relocating to Las Vegas. We're talking about what that means for baseball, for the A's, for the Rangers, and look at this series ahead. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cryptically addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where we just hit 2,000, and the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. On today's show, we're getting into some disappointing news about the Oakland A's. Unfortunately, probably soon to be the Las Vegas A's. But first, this episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now, the Oakland A's got some really upsetting news this week. The Oakland uh, owner has bought some land in Las Vegas. It looks like things are moving ahead. Negotiations with the city, there has been an ongoing uh, catastrophe of trying to get the city to pay for his new stadium and approve certain things in the riverfront property. It has been an absolute mess for Oakland fans and people in the city of Oakland, but it seems like that mess is coming to a conclusion. Rob Manfred led a statement um, to, I forget the actual name of the paper, but the Las Vegas newspaper that broke the story open this week, and it seems like it's almost a done deal. It's not not 100% guaranteed, um, but it seems like the Oakland A's are unfortunately going to be moving to Las Vegas, where their owner, who has been the cheapest by far in all of baseball and has just sat back and earned free revenue sharing from everybody else and spent absolutely no money on free agents or improvements to his stadium um, or pretty much anything since he's taken over the team. I mean, everyone loves everyone loves Moneyball, but you know if they had actually put some money into their baseball, then this would be a really, really good team. I mean, it's as a, as a Rangers fan and as a fan of an AOS team, it's, it's kind of good that John Fisher has not pumped any money into this A's team. It's kind of what's kept them from taking that next leap. They've been good at developing players. They've been good at signing smart contracts. They have one of the smartest GMs in baseball. Billy Bean is the, you know, father of Moneyball. but it's honestly really sad to see this end this probably the last season that the A's will be in Oakland they'll probably move to the AAA ballpark in Las Vegas while the new stadium is being built in Vegas and it seems like Major League Baseball has given pretty much free reign to say yeah this is fine they're gonna waive the relocation fee which I think is an absolute travesty Oakland the Oakland A's have been in Oakland for 50 years they have won a World Series in Oakland this is a team that is one of the hearts of baseball. I know it's this scrappy, annoying team that has cost the Rangers quite a bit um, in in their heyday, especially that 2012 season is uh, an absolute pain in the butt for forever. Um, but still, this is a team that has been in Oakland since 1968. They were in Philadelphia from 1901 to 1954, in Kansas City from 55 to 67. But since 1968, they have been in Oakland, uh, I 
they have won four World Series in Oakland. Four of them. This is one of the premier franchises in baseball. It's an absolute travesty that their fans aren't getting better treatment from their ownership. The ticket prices continue to skyrocket, and just the city of Oakland has lost three different major sports franchises in the last, what, half decade, maybe decade? The Warriors left. Granted, they only went all the way to San Francisco. It could be a lot more expensive, but they could still go see them. The Raiders left for Las Vegas a few years back, and now it seems like the A's are also leaving for Las Vegas. I think this is just a bad look for baseball, a bad look for Rob Manfred, and for these other owners. I mean, all these other owners are spending money on their team, like Steve Cohen, like the Rangers owner, and like the Yankees owner, and Padres owner as well. All these guys are spending money on their team. There is a big part of the revenue that comes to these teams in these smaller markets to kind of help them out is revenue sharing. So basically all the money that the teams that are good, that make a lot of money off their merchandise, thankfully the Yankees are, are in on that. So all the Yankee hats that are sold everywhere to people who don't even know who the New York Yankees are uh, around the world, that money goes to the rest of the team. So there's not as wide a chasm. We still see a pretty wide spending chasm I mean, even in the AL West, I mean, the Rangers are have the biggest payroll in the American League West. They are in, I believe, the biggest media market and you know, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Houston's a pretty big media market as well, but the Rangers are the ones that are spending like one of those top teams, and it's just an absolute travesty. These fans deserve better. The, the Coliseum is kind of a crap hole, but it's their crap hole, and the fans that are there, they are there every day. They are diehard fans, and I, I see these fans getting a lot of mistreatment the last few years of, oh, wow, these A's fans don't show up. Wow, why aren't these A's fans actually supporting their team? Why should they? The prices get even higher and higher and higher for their tickets. Uh, the concessions get more expensive, and none of that money that they are spending to watch their baseball team is going into the product on the field. And this year, the product on the field, I, I, I was wrong. I was very wrong when I was talking about the with Sully about the preseason uh, rankings that we did, the power rankings. I had, I think we the A's ended up at 29th, and I said, no, 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 the A's aren't going to be that bad. They had an interesting offseason. They went and they tried some things. They got uh, Brent Rooker, who is a guy who, if you haven't seen, go look up Brent Rooker's college stats. I believe he went to Mississippi State. He hit something like 500 for a season with like a, it's just absolutely stupid stats. A guy who can absolutely hit, doesn't have a position. He's hitting really, really well for them this year. Um, but pitching-wise, they had some interesting acquisitions that I thought might be okay. Ken Waldachuk was a guy who I thought the Rangers might want to go for at the deadline last year. Uh, James Caprillion has had decent seasons. Kyle Muller is a guy who I also thought the Rangers might want to go for at the deadline. Both Waldachuk and Muller are lefty 25-year-olds. And then Shintaro Fujinami has some really, really nice stuff signed out of Japan. Um, one of the bigger signings that, that the A's have done in years past. And he has great stuff and absolutely no idea where it's going. I don't think the Rangers are going to see him this weekend. Um, yeah, at this point. Yeah. Oh, no, they're going to see him on Saturday. They see J.P. Sears, who is, I believe, their best starter on Friday, and then Kyle Muller on uh, Sunday, hopefully against Jacob DeGrom. We have no more updates about him. I think he's going to throw a bullpen on Friday. Um, so we'll, we'll see where he's at. But on Friday, today, as I'm recording this, as you're probably listening to this or maybe listen to this on the weekend or Monday, whenever um, the Rangers are debuting their new uniform to talk more about the city connect jerseys, about the Peagle and the history behind it and why I really like these jerseys more than I did initially. But first this episode is brought to you by game time. 
You know, buying tickets from your favorite events should not be very stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, movie, movies, music, or music and comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets. You'll have the best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets. Start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. If you want to go to one of these games against Oakland this weekend and you're just wanting to go last minute, you want to go see uh, Shintaro Fujinami and, and see where where his stuff is going, face, see him face off against Andrew Heaney on Saturday, or maybe see Jacob DeGrom on Sunday afternoon, then you can go do that on Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, the Rangers on Friday night are debuting their new City Connect jerseys. They had some real mixed reaction when, it, when they first came out, but and I didn't initially love them, to be honest. Uh, I think the hype video from the Rangers on their social media was kind of what sent me over the top. And then reading a little bit more about the history and what they tried to do, they, they took a big swing. And honestly, I really respect teams when they try something different with their uniforms. We've seen so much of the same basics over and over and over again. Uh, that's why I really like when the Rangers went with the powder blue. I mean, it, other people have done powder blue and the Rangers have done it in the past, but seeing them go back to it, I mean, the Rangers, they have classic uniforms, the red, white, and blue and gray, and now just white, blue, and gray, unfortunately, and powder blue, which I do love. And I, I do love that they kept those probably would have rather had the red, but you know, anyway, all this to say, I think the Rangers really took a big swing with this. They had, they were always going to have a difficult task with a City Connect jersey when you're in Arlington. There's not exactly a whole lot of history there, and what they did uh, use the history of was just a, a quote from uh, Tom Vandergriff, who was the Arlington mayor, mayor who basically helped the Rangers come to Texas when they were the Senators. Uh, he said, dream the big dream. That's his... His whole thing. They also have uh, 421 April 21st, which is uh, today as they're debuting this. Um, that was um, a vital day in the history of the Rangers and the Texas Rangers. I think that was the day when they officially uh, moved over here. They've also got the big TX with the kind of gothic lettering. And I think the people have the biggest problem. My initial problem, at least, was the white shirt with the kind of darker pants. But you know what? You don't really ever see that in baseball. That is not something we see a whole lot. We see it sometimes in in football jerseys. I know the um, the Cowboys. It's kind of different. It's it's white top and like silver pants. I know, um, but I don't know. I kind of like that this is different. The thing that I love the most about this, um, besides them trying to tie together the entire Metroplex, the to bridge the divide between the the elites in Dallas and the more down to earth people in, in Fort Worth or wh whatever the actual uh, division is as a, as a born and bred sixth generation Dallas site. Of course um, I have my reservations about Fort Worth, but you know what? The more times I go over there, the more I think, you know what? That's all right. Maybe there doesn't need to be as much shade thrown Fort Worth's way. Just save that shade um, all for the city of Houston. Dallas doesn't have to have two big old city rivalries, but you know, that's the thing that I, I do love about the Rangers, that people in Fort Worth, people in Arlington, people around the Metroplex, it's somewhere central that they can easily go to Rangers games. There are so many of them, um, and it does make life easier. Granted, it would be a whole lot easier if there was public transportation, like a dart line to the Rangers stadium, but I digress. That is not um, something that uh, I think I have the power to fix as much as I would like to. But anyway, the best part about these uniforms is the red numbering it is absolutely phenomenal on every jersey that has red numbers it is 
beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. No matter what it is. The Dodgers. I think that's my favorite part of the Dodgers uniforms. Why I think that the Dodgers might have the best uniforms in all of baseball. But those home whites with those red numbers, it just it just pops. It just really makes it stand out. And using all these different colors, um, I, I just think it really works for this team. And I'm I'm glad that they took this big swing. I would rather have just the red uniforms back. I am with you. I, I think the majority of people uh, that I've seen shared my opinion that the red uniforms are freaking fantastic. And having those on Fridays was a delightful thing these past two years. And it was an absolute travesty when they ruined the red hat in 2021 with the stupid new TX taking over the entire state of Texas logo, as opposed to just the regular red tee. Sometimes there are some uniforms that you just, you don't need to mess with. And for the most part, the Rangers kind of have that. I like having the occasional fun uniform. That's one of the things that I do like about the NBA's uniforms are that they're constantly changing. The Mavs, I think, have some classic uniforms, but being able to go to some new different things every once in a while is good. Like the Stars jerseys, they're their victory green ones and their their road white ones and even the ones that they did for the winter classic are just fantastic but being able to go to the occasional like i don't know whatever different kind of variations sometimes they it's a swing and a miss like those all white ones i kind of i i, I saw a lot of hate about the stars jerseys being all white um, but i kind of like them just when teams do something different with the uniforms, especially a team like the Rangers that has had pretty much the same basic exact look outside of the one year where they tried the vest looking thing, which, you know what, every once in a while when I'm playing the show, I will put on those uniforms on the team just for funsies, just to, ch- just to change things up. And that is what these new uniforms are. I am a fan, um, but I'm also a fan of hopefully the Rangers continuing their momentum. First place in the American League West with the second best record in the American League, Texas Rangers, and the second best run differential in all of baseball last time that I checked. Um, 110 runs, 112 runs scored, excuse me, and 69 runs allowed. Hopefully they can finish off the sweep against this Oakland A's team. Coming up, we're going to look at this series, what the Rangers should expect, and how they can keep from getting complacent atop the American League West. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I have played in a long time. You know, I always thought that I could be a great Major League GM like like Chris Young has been so far, but as it turns out, it's it's not really all that easy. If you had the same thought and you fantasize about managing your own franchise, go and download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of your franchise, playing through the seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. Locked On Rangers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Now the Rangers start this three-game series against the Oakland A's, who are horrifically bad this season. There is no other way to put it. They are 3 and 16. They have been outscored 151 to 65 on the season and uh they are as bad as their 3 and 16 record indicates. They have only won 3 games this season coming against three different teams. One an 8 to 4 win against Baltimore, one was a 4 to 3 win against Cleveland, and an opening day 2 to 1 win against the Angels. But outside of that, they have not won a single 
game this season. The Rangers really need to take advantage against this team. There's not a whole lot going on here. Shea Langoliers is a guy who I think is probably going to be a thorn in the side for the Rangers for quite some time. He's having an okay season, a 6-746 OPS at catcher, three home run for him this year. But the main offensive threat the Rangers need to worry about is their DH Brent Rooker. In 12 games so far this year, the 28-year-old is hitting 325 and on base near 400 and an OPS of 1,071. Four home runs for him this year. Five walks to just seven strikeouts. Honestly, just pitch around this guy. There's not all that much left in the lineup. Seth Brown is on the 10-day IL. I thought he was going to be their best hitter this season. He had a pretty good year last year. Their right fielder, Ramon Laureano, is also on the 10-day IL. Uh, and it's just, there's not a whole lot else going for the Oakland A's offensively. And pitching-wise, Ken Waldachuk, Kyle, Kyle Muller, uh, both of them have ERAs over seven. J.P. Sears is the only starter with an ERA under five at 4.6, unless you count their newly called up Mason Miller, a guy who was pitching in D3. Uh, I believe he was, had uh, Tommy John. No, not Tommy John surgery. He had uh, diabetes that he was diagnosed for, diagnosed with, and was not able to gain weight when he was at D3 college, putting up kind of mediocre numbers. Once he was diagnosed with that, he changed his diet, put on a bunch of weight, and just started throwing absolute gas. He has very minimal time in the minor leagues, was definitely rushed, probably probably a bit too much, uh, too quickly to the major leagues, but he's had one start, went four and a third innings, uh, has a 4.15 ERA, and has uh, 10.4 strikeouts per nine to just... 2.1 walks per nine. It's, it's pretty solid for a kid who does not have a whole lot of experience, has had Tommy John surgery in the past. So that is why, as well as being drafted, I believe, either during or right around the pandemic. So not a whole lot of minor league time for him. Just kind of cruised through the through the ranks, uh, just pretty much jumped almost straight up to AAA and uh, dominated in AAA for a little bit and got called up to the big leagues because, well, the rest of their pitching staff is absolutely terrible. I mean, James Caprillion has an ERA over 11 in four outings, three starts this year. Shintaro Fujidami has, uh, where'd we go, 6.4 walks per nine this season, 1.4 homers per nine this season, and an ERA over 11. I mean, it's not great. They've got three starters with a home runs per nine allowed of 2.9 or more. That's really not what you're what you're wanting. And two of their starters also have a walks per nine of 6.4 or more. So the Rangers really need to take advantage of this squad. They've got John Gray on the hill in the opener in these new City Connect jerseys. They have Andrew Heaney on the hill on Saturday. And we will see about if their ace can pitch on Sunday. I believe he can. Every indication has seemed that he is going to make his next start, but um, we won't really know until we know. The Rangers need to capitalize on this momentum. This is one of the last couple of easy series that they have before the schedule starts to turn just a little bit once it turns, the calendar turns to May. This is, um, they have this series and they have a series on the road against the Cincinnati Reds who are not as bad as the A's this year, but not super great. Then they come back home for four games against the Yankees. They face the Diamondbacks, who at this point, I believe, are still the top of their division, a division with the Dodgers and the Padres. Then they have that big, long road trip um, against the AL West, against the play against the Braves. Like it, It's going to get a lot tougher, and the Rangers don't have the biggest lead in the entire world in the division, but you've got to got to take advantage of these games against lesser opponents. Right now, the Astros are 9-10, and 10, tied with the Angels for second place in the American League West, which is, uh, I believe, three and a half games behind the Rangers, where they stand right now. 
the Astros are going to have some some tough competition. The Angels are kind of kind of in no man's land at this point, and Seattle is not going to be eight and eleven for long. I mean, literally, they're they're not going to be after tonight. So um, they're they're probably not going to be bad for long because they have a really really nasty group of pitchers, Julio Rodriguez. And uh, quite a few hitters that are, are really doing some damage, including Jared Kelnick, who I am not looking forward to the Rangers facing when the Rangers go to Seattle um, in May. But Texas needs to keep doing what they have been doing and take advantage of these lesser opponents. They have they have absolutely beat up on the opponents that they should beat up on, and even some opponents that maybe they shouldn't have. They lost the only series they've lost is they lost one on the road against the Cubs. That was I think the most frustrating series of the season so far. They did lose two out of three to the Orioles, but again, the Orioles are pretty good, but they did sweep the defending National League champion Phillies, and they did go to Houston and beat the reigning champs on their turf and then swept a series against the Royals. This has been as good a start to the season as you could possibly ask for. We have Marcus Simeon, who's absolutely on a tear. Jonah Heim has been absolutely crushing it as of late. Even Nathaniel Lowe hasn't really turned it on quite yet this season. His OPS is below 750, which I think that it'll turn around. He's had some pretty good at-bats. He has not been able to hit the ball super hard, not only has two home runs this season, is stinging the ball for extra base, hits seven doubles, leads the team. But I think that there's definitely another gear for Nathaniel Lowe that he will probably find. And if you want to some of your hitters to find an extra gear offensively facing this Oakland A's pitching staff is is very much the way to go I mean I'm hoping that we can can see a little bit more of Ezekiel Duran kind of turn things around Leo Tavares had a really nice series finale against uh, Kansas City and he was absolutely stinging the baseball it's great for him to face off against an Oakland A's squad that has not been pitching very well at all it's not just their starters their their bullpen is is also not great this is just a really really tough place uh, a tough team from top to bottom I mean Hayrus uh Familia has a ERA over six he has nine appearances out of the pen Sam Maul has an ERA over uh, four and a half nearly five in ten appearances out of the bullpen the only the only reliever they have with an ERA sub two with more than a couple of appearances. They do have Richard Lovelady um, with two appearances and a zero ERA. But Zach Johnson, 28 year old, has a 208 ERA in 10 appearances, three games finished, um, and only one save on the season. Just Danny Jimenez, who is on the 60 day IL and has an ERA over five as well. They also have Trevor May, who's got an ERA over six and is on the 15-day IL as well. This is just um, honestly kind of sad to see. This is the one team in the division where the Rangers are looking at that, that uh, the new schedule where they aren't playing their division opponents nearly as much and think, you know, I wouldn't mind playing the A's a little bit more this year. You know, I, I'm, I'm fine with not playing the Astros so much. I'm fine with not playing the Mariners. But Maybe it would have been okay to, to play the Angels a little bit more, but I really would like a few more games against the Oakland A's. They're not getting that. They are getting games against everybody, which happens to include the NL Central, which has quite a few teams that are not super great, including the Cincinnati Reds, who hopefully the Rangers can go in there. Right now they're on a four-game winning streak. Hopefully they can enter Cincinnati on a seven-game winning streak. I think that's not at all out of the realm of possibility, especially if they get Jacob DeGrom on the hill on Sunday in the series finale. This is Friday is probably going to be their toughest game because it is the toughest starting pitcher that the Oakland A's have to put up against them. But again, JB Sears is, is fine. It's pretty good. Um, but I think the Rangers are more than up to a task 
um, against a guy who is averaging a little over five innings per start and has an ERA over four and a half. And that's that's their best starter. That is just kind of telling you the state of the Oakland A's right now. But this Rangers team cannot afford to let off the gas. And I, I don't think that they're going to. I mean, Bruce Bochy has this team in a really great way. Not only are they on a four-game winning streak, but they are winning these ga- these games by a wide, wide margin. The the closest margin of victory in this four-game winning streak is the four-to-nothing win in the series opener against Kansas City. They had a you know the nine-to-one win against against the Astros and then absolute shellacking in the final two games of this series, scoring 12 runs in both of them, allowing two runs in the second and uh, three runs, a whole three runs against the Royals in the third game of that sweep. But this team is absolutely humming to a T. Hopefully we can see them continue to build off this momentum, put this Oakland A's team uh, to bed in a, in a kind way to their fans who don't deserve the scorn and the bad team that uh, their owner has decided to shell out and run out this year. But still, as bad as I feel for Oakland A's fans, um, I'm not feeling that bad this weekend, especially if the Rangers take three out of three and do it in dramatic dominant fashion like they have been doing so far this season but that's going to do it for this week's editions of locked on rangers thank you all so much for making locked on rangers your first listen every single day and for all of you who have subscribed on youtube hitting that 2000 mark uh in a little over a year and a half feels feels really freaking good and it it seems like all y'all are just as excited about this super hot start for the rangers as i am hoping that we can continue this hot start and maybe i can actually do a podcast about a postseason, a winning team, uh, which I have not done in the four previous seasons of Locked On Rangers. But thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.